<laughs> okay. Should we just jump in? Can we jump in? Right. Let's just jump. Cool. Alright. Hey, this is Max. And this is Kate on. Uh, this is Let's Talk 360 podcast. Um, we're a wellness podcast where we touch on anything fitness, mental health, and being in your 20s. So today we really wanted to talk about um, transition times and since we both graduated, the transition from college to the real world has kind of left us feeling a little lost and it's something that me and Max have both talked about so we wanted to talk about with you guys. Sweet. So I was a high school athlete. Um, I did not play sports in college but I I'm an amateur bodybuilder, so I competed while in school, but I was involved in Greek life and clubs uh, pretty heavily. And just, I don't know, so that transition from high school, not being a high school athlete anymore, going to college was like a pretty big identity crisis because that's just kind of all that I knew. Um, so that transition from high school to college was tough. And then just now not being in college anymore after being so involved in the things that I did, I feel like my life is really, really different because those things in school, like that structure. Yeah. That was like, that was my whole life. And now like we're kind of not in that anymore. So that's just yeah. been a weird transition for me. So. Yeah. Similarly, I was a student athlete in high school and college, and I was also involved in Greek life the, the later two years of my time. And then I was involved in another club called Morgan's message. So yeah, yeah, it was a, it's, different not being involved in different things now kind of being on our own and it's taking us some time to process feeling lost and being okay with that sometimes and I think just not even just like on this episode but I I think it's probably going to be something that we touch on in every episode like transition just in general I I think that just kind of is going to be a consistent thing that we talk about throughout the podcast just because I think like being in your 20s like transition is a really big part of that yeah um but something that kind of what Kayla and I wanted to touch on today was that your life is full of transition periods whether that's you know work environments friend groups like you're really really close and living with your friends at college and you're seeing them every day and then you leave and that's just like not the case anymore and you're either back home or you're moving somewhere else completely new and you get a new job and you're in a new city and whatever um and your schedule's yeah. different it changes a lot and it's it's kind of hard and at least for me like change is really tough and it's really scary um it's difficult but it's like it's good and just kind of like I guess a part of growing up and getting older is like learning how to deal with that and um so like I don't know if you're ever overwhelmed and it feels like it's too much or whatever like that's just like it's life man that's okay just gotta learn how to deal with it um and be okay but it happens and it's it's hard and so like that's not that's not anything new but it is difficult um it's just a hard thing to kind of like get over and kind of deal with. Yeah. Even today, I was feeling really overwhelmed with how work has been going at home and I'm moving next week mm-hmm. and I'm not packed yet. Like, <laughs> I, <laughs> I know, but it's okay. But, you know, like it's a little stressful. I really need to get it. <laughs> it will happen eventually. Yeah. Um, but I just, I, feeling overwhelmed and like stressed I just kind of broke down today and I don't know realizing that I'm moving away from home and I'm not going to live with my sister anymore I'm not going to live with my parents and my brother um it's it's so challenging I don't know I'm still kind of 
going through that process as we speak, you know, like yeah. trying to figure out how I feel and how to cope with it. Um, yeah, and it's like different than going to school because when you go to school, you're like, all right, I'm just going to – it's cool because I'm going to hang out with all my homies. And then in two months, my parents are going to come see me. Right. Um, and then, like, I don't know, for you, like, you're playing sports. It's like you're busy. Um, and then for me, like, I have, like, fraternity stuff going on, and I'm living with my best friends, and we got club stuff. and But we're, like, it's summer right now, and I've been, like, I've been at the store because I've only worked there over the summers and Christmas, and I'm, like, I don't go back to school at the end of August. Like, I'm just here now. Um, like, I guess I'm just staying, which has been weird, and because I'm normally just used to, like, working hard for, like, three months and then getting out of there. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's weird. I, like, I, I've, I've had, like, me personally, I've had a really hard, hard time, like, wrapping my mind around not going back to school. Yeah. Um, and it's just, I don't like this part of life. <laughs> like, it's not fun. <laughs> I miss my friends. Um, and it's scary. It um, and money is overwhelming and getting paid <laughs> for things. And I live in my childhood bedroom. And I just, I don't, life's, ah. Uh, but yeah, so I'm, that's what I'm dealing with. I feel like, I don't know, like leaving college, I felt this loss of identity. And so I just wrote this literature review for my um, sports performance intro mm-hmm. class. And it was on medical retirement. And so if you guys don't know, I was medically retired because of concussion. So I'm very interested in how that affects mental health. So I did my research on that and how that affects the athlete identity. And also, if you don't know, medical retirement, it's essentially the process when an athlete ends their career voluntarily or involuntarily based on, like, physical, emotional, or mental situations. And what I found was that medical retirement, obviously, very, very difficult. (laughs) And the athletic identity is in question and often leaves the athlete feeling super overwhelmed and sometimes going through what is called the five stages of grief that was developed by Kubler-Ross in 1969. Um, If you also aren't familiar with the five stages of grief, the stages are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And it's also not a linear experience. So you can feel denial and then bargaining and then anger, depression. It doesn't have to go in a specific order. Um, and it depends on the person. So stages can be experienced, you know, out of order. Some stages not at all. Stages feel differently for different amounts of time. It really depends on, um, yeah, the person. And I don't know. I don't think it really only happens for medically retired athletes. Like, I am definitely in those stages. I don't know about you, Max. But yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's been um, – it's <laughs> well, so you you were medically like retired at the beginning of your senior year, correct? But you were still with the team. Yeah, so I. I didn't spend time anymore. It was it was the beginning of the season. Okay. I, I had just gotten oh, I had just gotten back from hip surgery. I was mm-hmm. um well not just gotten back, but I was finally cleared to play. Yeah. Okay. It was like a labrum and then hip impingement, so they had to go and like. Clean it out, all that good stuff, shit it down. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, so it was the beginning of the, the season, and it was difficult to try to – it was voluntary, voluntary, mm-hmm. but also wasn't 
was it like was it recommended kind of thing where like did you did someone kind of sit you down was it like the staff or whatever was like listen and then you're like okay sure yeah it was like a it was like we strongly encourage Mm, yeah wink (laughs) you're done done. (laughs) yeah yeah so i i had a process like losing lacrosse way earlier than what i was imagining yeah so no that sucks i mean like you you hear about it all the time with like professional athletes like those are the ones we hear about professional athletes or something like that where it's like they either walk like it's happening football more because of concussions where people are walking away earlier on their own but it's it's really sad like even just like as a, a fan to watch and someone's like like being told they have to walk away from something yeah um and but i don't know like i mean and i wasn't medically retired i just know how hard that was for me finishing soccer in high school and knowing that like that was it and that I could still play like there's like I could play club sports and things like that which I did at Wofford but like it was never going to be the same like I I don't know it's um because it's such a big part of your life even though that I never played above I mean I played at a high level club like a high level club team yeah but I wasn't a college athlete and just kind of being like I played since I was three, so being like retired at eighteen, it's fucked up. I don't know what yeah. to do. Yeah. So I mean, I can't even imagine what it was like for you, and like, yeah, it was your senior year, but just kind of being told like, listen, like this, this is probably it for you or whatever. And I just, I know for me, it was such a big part of my identity. It was just like I was a soccer player in high school. Like I think if you ask people I went to high school with, it's like, yeah, I know he's on the soccer team. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, it's like well, just when that was done, just kind of having to refigure out who I was. And that's something that a shitload of people go through going to college because mm-hmm. most of us aren't collegiate athletes. But there are a lot of people who are like that, that are done playing at the end of college that like, it's essentially a full-time job. Like you're training and practicing and recovering and whatever and traveling all the time. And like, that's your college experience. And just like, I guess that being over, it's like your life is so, so, so different afterwards. Yeah. So that identity crisis, like that, not maybe like crisis, but just like the change of identity, like your life's definitely different after that. I feel like, I mean, so different for student athletes, but I mean, any student leaving mm-hmm. college, it's going to be yeah. extremely difficult. Like you're going to, you're going to have that identity crisis because for four years, you're a part of something bigger than yourself and you find your family, the the friends that you are with. 24-7, like, you have no time, really, without them. You're five steps from someone else's door, and I don't know. I think it's just, it's a, it's definitely a different experience in athletics, but also the same. Like, we're all losing something. We're all yeah. losing a part of our identity that we thought that would be there forever. Yeah. And that's definitely really hard to, you know, get over and combat. And, um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, um, it's, it's weird. I kind of noticed this the other day, like the talking about like the stages of grief is like, I, I, I think it, like it comes back, I guess, unexpectedly sometimes or like grieving kind of takes a long time. And sometimes like, it's so easy to not think about stuff when you're busy. And then sometimes like you can just kind of have a break and then you're like, oh man, like 
so like that happened to me earlier this week. I just I got really upset about um like something from school previously and it just it's been so long and like I was gone for a good part of the summer doing stuff and I'm back and I've been working and then I just kind of had like a break for a day and I just started thinking about like all the stuff and like how I don't know and I was like oh that that still hurts I'm <laughs> like I'm not over that yet I mean and yeah I don't for everybody like listening and watching or whatever Caitlin and I lived in the same apartment uh our senior year so she lived downstairs I lived upstairs I mean like <laughs> sometimes I would just like I mean, like, I was thinking about, like, when we would all go out or something like that, and yeah. we would just, like, go out downtown or something, and we would just, like, have ourselves a time, like, this is so cool, we're saying it, I, like, take a nap on your couch, and, like, you guys need any fucking beers, I'm about to go get some, <laughs> like, what? I, and we're just, like, this is never gonna end, and best we can ever, like, every weekend, yeah. and just- You know what I miss? Uh, your, um, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go for it, go for it, what do you miss? I miss your banana bread. Dude, it's so fucking good. It's so good. It is. I, I learned how to well, cause I, I made the um I made a gluten free one um so Lexi could have some. Mm. And then I made and then I normally have nuts in it, but then I made a totally like allergen free one so Ellie could have some. Yeah. And then I had my regular one that I would keep for myself that I wouldn't let anybody touch that eat before the gym. So I had like three pans going all the time. <laughs> Do you remember? Do you remember when um we all went out and uh, Olivia ate like Liv ate like the whole pan? Do you remember that? Oh, I think that was me. Oh, it was you. <laughs> okay, I think Liv. <laughs> that's so funny. I thought that was Liv. I think nope, she ate all the. I think she ate all the chocolate chips out of it or something. Yeah, yeah. Olivia? No, she was okay, picking cool. out the chocolate chips. I yeah. ate and then the you rest just of it. you slammed the pan. That's awesome. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's you so know, funny. I was just talking. This is so. We need to get back to what we were talking about, but um. I was just talking to a friend about how living underneath you, mm-hmm. I was pissed off all the time. All the time. Especially when we had games. Because um, just... <laughs> you guys always had parties. I and know, Lisa. Yeah, you did. I know. I know. <laughs> and I was concussed for... Uh, a few, I think it was like four weeks or something that I was just. Or not... you should have, you should have, you should have come upstairs and just like listen. You know, we would have stopped. I, I mean, I was... we would always, we would have a party sometimes, and we'd be getting late, and my roommates and I'd be looking around, and we'd be like, we are the worst, like we suck. <laughs> and I, we wrote you guys a letter one time, and we're like, listen, I am. I was, it was in the, at the, it was in the fall, but it's at the end of the semester, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so yeah. you guys started practice. Like I guess you're practicing throughout the year, but you guys were really like getting into preseason or something. Yeah, we had, like, think, six a.m.s. Yeah, and I think Lexi was out of town for a game, so she wasn't there, but, like, Ellie wrote us a letter back, and we were, like, because you guys asked us to stop at a certain time, <laughs> and we were, like, absolutely. And then yeah, no. it was, like, two yeah. hours past that. It was two hours past that time, and we're, like, we fucked up, and I think we left you guys, like, a bottle of Prosecco, and, like, we are so sorry. And then whenever I would come downstairs in second semester, Mm-hmm. I'd be like, are we that loud? And uh-huh. they're like, it's <laughs> the time. And I was like, oh, it's really loud down here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, so. there was one time before we knew you guys, I would stand on the, like, the kitchen, uh, would you whatever. The yes, I would hit the ceiling with the broom. <laughs> yeah, no, we were the worst. Oh, man. I wish you guys just came upstairs and just told us to shut the fuck up. Cause... I know, and then we could have just, you know, stayed yeah. been yeah. friends sooner sooner right yeah. yeah well i mean okay so we did go on a tangent but like it's what we were saying like we had this whole little micro world going on 
that was like the dopest thing ever. Yeah. And it's like, you know, we're not going to be living in the same apartment anymore. Um, <laughs> and just, I'm sorry. It's so sad. <laughs> um, which, but it's, let's talk 360. Um, that's, that's the name of our, but that's where we live. 360 was our apartment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, like it's just life so different now, which it's really sad. <laughs> um, yeah. I feel like we had it, I feel like we had it so good too. Which doesn't mean that like the future can't be good or whatever, but I mean it's just like we live in a different like it's a different reality now. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, that's certainly been hard for me. Like, I'm gonna miss having that because like we, I don't know we were just we were a fraternity guys just like living upstairs or whatever, and we totally had kind of run in different like little worlds. And you guys were athletes and things like that. And if we hadn't lived together. I don't think we would have, we weren't really run into each other or been friends. And then I feel like now we're all super close and we like developed, I think some really cool like relationships and stuff right at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I guess, you know, that's what kind of college is and it's like growing up in life and things happen. And, yeah. But the good thing now is like, we're friends. We have these cool relationships now and you and I are doing this together. Yeah. Um, Talking about it, but we're definitely like in that transition period and I'm certainly going through it and you're about to move. Um, so like, it's what's happening. Yeah. Like all those lost relationships that I thought I would have forever. That was a big hit yeah. for me. Still is the loss of college and like even a sense of childhood. Um, now that we have to grow up. Yeah. The, like I got to grow up kind of thing. Yeah. And then I don't know. There's just, there has been a lot of loss. So I did want to talk about how, how do we combat that? Mm-hmm. How do you combat that, Max? Because I know that we, we, we're talking a lot about how it's sad and we've lost a lot, but we've definitely, I mean, we're making progress. We're healing. We're processing yeah. it. And we're talking about the negative right now, but there are positives to losing and things that were important to us. And, relearning who we are and how to get better so um yeah we were going to touch on three major ways we each have been trying to combat this sense of loss and grief yeah well first of all it's like yeah it's really easy to just kind of like refer to the negatives because i think that's just like what we're feeling so strongly but one of the things that kind of like helps me too is that but yeah it's my first thing is that even though it's like loss and whatever, it's not, it's not really like, yeah, like everything's different and like our friendships are going to operate in the same capacity and life's not, life's going to change and whatever. But I just got to remind myself that first of all, like we did a lot of cool stuff together and I had a really, really great time in college and I think I made the most of it. And so something I do is just, I just try to appreciate and remind myself like, okay, like I, like I, I had a good time. Like I did what I was supposed to do. I graduated. I learned a lot. I finished up with a really great project and I did it with people who I really, really love and that I really care about. And that, you know what we may, I may not know a lot of these people for the rest of my life, but I certainly have a few of them that I know I'm going to have for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, it's like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good that came out of this. So I just got to, I remind myself of that. And then just trying to focus on the things that I can actually control um, in this moment. It's like my relationships, my relationships that are strong and healthy and good. And like, those are the things that I have power over. And 
like the things that I power over in my life that I can control every day. And there's just a lot of things outside of my control. So yeah, my first big thing is just, you can only control so much at one time and just appreciating that even though that something's over, like all the good things from that, because it's so easy to focus on the negative things. Yeah. My first one is similar to Max and it's kind of focusing on what I can control and focusing on the relationships that are important to me and that are physically around me right now. So like I'm living at home right now. So I've been with my family. I've been focusing on my brother and my sister and um, I've been hanging out with friends from high school again and reconnecting with people that I didn't think that I would reconnect with again, which has been awesome. And I've also been putting myself out there into groups that are similar to me. So like trying new workouts and making new friends. I've been going to F45 where my mom works out and I found a gym in Charleston that is the same thing. So yeah, another community that I'm putting myself into, surrounding myself with similar people. Um, I tried Berries in Chicago. Berries is a pretty cool workout. Met some people there. I go with my cousin sometimes and it's, you know, like just new people, always putting myself out there. And then also, you know, like focusing on keeping in touch with the people that I care about from college and people I want to keep in my life. So, yeah. Sweet. Bears is fun. I got one of my buddies teaches there and I know he wasn't Atlanta, but I was in New York, but it's a, it's a cool class. You should go, everyone should go to Barry's. Yeah. Barry's is fun. It's like a, um, like a lift slash run thing. Like there's yeah, treadmills. They, cool. they got a cool vibe. Yeah. Cool. And there's the, the lights are cool. It's like That's a, cool. It's like a red very, light. Very aesthetic. Very aesthetic. They got a red <laughs> light and then they got like black on black. Like we're going to put it. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Check it out. Um, for my, for my second thing, I guess I really kind of combined my second thing and my first thing when I first talked about. So really my first one was the things that I can control. Um, but when I wanted to reference about like the appreciation of like things that we've accomplished in the relationships that we have is this is going to sound like super sappy and cheesy or whatever, but I hey, do love remind it. myself. I love that. <laughs> um, I do remind myself of this a lot. It was actually, um, the first time I heard this. So my, when my grandmother died, uh, last year, I was at school when my parents had told me and I was like really upset and everything. And my dad had sent me an email a few days later and he's really well, like read and all that good stuff. And I'm really, really into like poetry and literature and stuff like that just from when I studied at school. Um, but he sent me a quote from this poet. I got to look up his name. I think the guy's Scottish, but just the one line that my dad had sent me from this particular poem is just grief is the price we pay for love. Oh. And I was like, oh, damn. It's hard, man. <laughs> right? It's so great. It's like, it's more, I don't know. I just, and I guess I'd never thought of it that way. I think it's a really beautiful way to look at like something you're sad about or like loss, um, like when someone passes away or when, I don't know, you break up with somebody or you move away from your friends or you're finishing college and it's really sad because it's like all this stuff that we had going on was so good or like I love this person so much or whatever and I don't the reason why it hurts so bad is because it was so good and like yeah I mean grief is the price we pay for love you like that's just that's kind of like the like reality of kind of putting like your heart out there and yourself and really loving something because I don't know, like we we live in a mortal world. Like things don't last for forever, and things change. And so it's like when things I 
that's something that I think I've started to realize, like, when things hurt, it's just because, like, along the way, there's something we did right, and, and you really cared about something a lot, and I love my friends so much, I do love my friends so much from school, um, those are, like, my brothers, and I love, I, I love hanging out with you guys downstairs, and it's sad that that's over, um, yeah. but it's just, it's just different now, we're still friends, it's just, it's not a goodbye, it's see you later. Yeah. It's like it's a it's a good hurt, it's a good sad because it just it means so much. Um, yeah. Damn, that really hit. That really hit hard. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like that one's. Yeah, when I'm upset, like I'll like I'll read that email that he sent me, and I'm like, wow. Oh yeah. No, I'm like in the like motions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I um. I'm sweating out of my eyes. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yep. Taking a breath. Yeah. <laughs> okay, my next one is good habits. So maintaining good habits and focusing on maintaining good habits. So I I saw something, I can't remember where, but it's called the three pillars of mental health and what they thought was or what they thought the pillars were was nutrition, exercise and sleep and how important those three are. And for me, I think those three are so important to me when I'm feeling a little out of control or um, overwhelmed, stressed, etc. When I focus on my nutrition, my ex- exercise, and my sleep, it really helps me kind of get back into my routine and have something to like, you know, c- kind of control again. There's also forms of self-care that I think are really good, and that's those are habits that I've been trying to reestablish in my life I know like for a little bit I kind of let go of my journaling and that was something I was so consistent with I was doing it like kid you not every night for two years and it made me feel so good so I'm getting back into that and also like you know taking care of yourself having morning and night routine I think that's really important and getting sunlight in the beginning of the day super important for sleep by the way but yeah I just you know, creating good habits is a huge way to combat feeling lost and stressed. So, yeah, no, I'd agree. I think my my third thing is pretty similar. I think whenever I'm for everybody, for myself too, is like whenever I'm kind of feeling like a little bit out of control or stressed out or something like that. Any sort of control that I can like institute into my life is definitely helpful. So. Well, I'm, I like, I gotta write stuff down. So I don't like journal all the time. I'll, I'll, I write things like I'll, I'll, um, um, yes, yeah, so like I'll write to kind of like, kind of get my feelings under control. But then also I have like a paper, like schedule, like daily planner, um, that I, I've started using again. I, I again took a break, I was, but I needed to get back on it. I have a planner from this company called Norse Fitness, but it, I plan my day out like by the hour. I'm like, all right, this is what I'm going to be doing during these times. And then it's got a section where it's like, these are the five things I have to accomplish today. Mm-hmm. Um, but you fill it out at morning and at night. And then like the night before you like plan your day and you list the things that you have to accomplish. And then you also list the things that you were like proud of yourself for like getting done that day or like, or like that you're thankful for, Yeah. which I thought was stupid. But then I was like, oh, this actually feels nice. Like I did that. <laughs> I, I like got stuff done today and like, just, I'm like grateful for whatever. And then yeah. Um, and then like the next part you do in the morning, like you felt the rest of it. So that's been good for me. And then also I just, just like writing down and like 
like finalizing or just like putting in writing like my fitness and like health goals mm-hmm. um because i want to be i, I want to get my pro card in bodybuilding at some point so it's like we just kind of got to lock in so just kind of writing down like what i'm about and like what like i'm trying to do so like a certain amount of running every week for me following like writing out my nutrition plan like what i'm going to eat every day for however many weeks like having a structured workout plan where it's like this is what i do on monday wednesday friday this is what i do on tuesday thursday rest on sunday so i also do on Saturday. it's like just having that and then it's like i take ice baths i go in the sauna and i eat right so and then like i have a bedtime now and i have like a wake-up time so just like really taking care of the so the same thing like good habits but yeah i i have to be very, for me i have to be very specific about mine and so just writing those down so that's been good for me yeah yeah i would say my third is developing new coping mechanisms so kind of similar like have uh, i don't know not really not really similar i don't know anyway <laughs> i think finding a new purpose like mm-hmm. my purpose in college was to be an athlete and i don't know if that was entirely healthy because that's not that's not 100 percent me like that was yeah. only a portion of who i was yeah so um like relearning who i am outside of college and outside of the clubs and when I'm on my own it's been it's been cool and also helps me feel less lost so like this podcast has been a huge help to me like focusing on my future goals and stuff like that and then I'm working on my NASM certification which I'm really excited about I think me too haven't finished mine taking two years it's okay it's okay um well you know we can finish together we'll be personal trainers together yeah yeah and also like looking for new meaningful ways to reframe and refocus on a new purpose and impact so even like small things during your day um i think that's huge yeah no i think that's really cool i think purpose is really powerful even if it's not like even if you don't really know where you're going or what you're doing i think developing some sense of purpose or direction in your life can be really powerful for anybody. I think it can be really effective. But yeah, I think we kind of maybe touched on it a few weeks ago um, when we were talking. But I, I like having something to like wake up and be like, all right, like we got to do this today because like I have a goal or something mm-hmm. like that. Especially during a transition period where we kind of feel like we don't, we're not like ourselves anymore or like what we thought we were and just kind of having to like recalibrate or something. So I think purpose is really, really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I think we like to wait. I don't know how, I don't know how to get this into the. Okay. <laughs> I'll just say it. We like yeah, to wait for it. something to, um, to make us happy in the future. So we focus solely on what we could be rather than what we have right now in the present. And the same goes for the past. We've been focusing so much on the past. And if we focus too much on our past, we'll, never really be able to enjoy where we are and the journey we are on right now. So staying in the present and being grateful and practicing gratitude and all these different, these different things that me and Max talked about, you know, I think that could really help not only stay in the present, but feel less alone, feel less yeah. of that loss. Cause you aren't alone. Everyone feels it. We're feeling yeah. it. So. Yeah. And no, I think, Gratitude's really cool. If you haven't like, I don't know, if you haven't like 
intently, like purposely tried that, like just calling somebody and be like, I'm like, I'm thankful for you. Like, yeah. it's a, it, like, it's, well, first of all, it's really cool, like receiving that from somebody, uh, but it feels good doing that too. And just like recognizing like the good things that you have in your life. And that can be kind of like a good grounding thing. And then just kind of like a thought that I had bouncing off of, you know, kind of being in the present is that I think a lot of times people focus too much on the past and the present, which I think can be problematic, but, you know, we kind of need to look at the past for, you know, like teaching or learning purposes. And you also need to look at the future for planning and having goals and things like that. But I think a lot of the times it can be really overwhelming. Something that grounds me is to remind myself that there's only a handful of things that we can control, like in this moment right now. Like, I don't know, if you, if you look at your life, like on a, like on a big scale, there's really only a few things that you directly and absolutely have control over. And because everything else, there's so many different factors. It's like, you're working for somebody or you're also collaborating with somebody else's schedule. And like, Right. So there's a lot of things that you directly might not have total, complete control over. So just focusing on the things that are really in your control, I think is really important. And the future can be scary um, just because of like big goals or objectives and they can appear like really long or difficult or just like hard just because of like the scale. But then again, like, again, there's only so many things you control one time. Like you can only take, like, just take the next step. Like what are the next few things that you can do? Like you're not going to, you're not going to start the NASA studying and pass the next day. Okay. I can read a chapter today. I can read a chapter today. And then next tomorrow, I can read another chapter kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Just showing yourself. Sorry. No, you're good. Just showing yourself grace and patience. I think that's super important. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Grace, patience. Um, And I think there's a difference between like learning. There's a difference between like, learning from the past and planning for the future and then like dwelling on it and worrying about it you know it's a degree if it's like go through those emotions and kind of things but i think it's it can be problematic to like kind of like sit in that and there's just there's a difference between like learning and planning and then just kind of like getting overwhelmed by it yeah so so to go off of learning and to kind of end our podcast today we were talking and as 20 somethings we're always learning Honestly, anytime, our whole lives, we're learning something new. It doesn't end when we're out of college. So we thought it would be a cool thing to do, like every episode and with something that we learned this week. So yeah, I found this thing, <laughs> not thing, a story. Um, it's in the book, The Pivot Year by Brianna Weiss or West, or I never know how to pronounce her name, but I'm going to read it. And I thought, It was really cool and kind of, you know, yeah, hit me hard to, okay. The space between no longer and not yet is what defines the pivot periods of our lives. This is the time when we have nothing left to hold on to, but also nowhere clearly to land. This is when most people revert back to their oldest and most familiar coping mechanisms, confusing what's known for what's right. If we find the courage to hold our hearts open throughout this process, What we find is that we create an opportunity for miracles to find us, to take root in us, to change through and through. If we find the resilience to make peace with the unknown, to not require every answer to keep moving forward, to believe that everything will work out one way or another, we begin to live more completely in the moment, releasing the illusions that had been clouding us all along. That was cool. Yeah. That was cool. That was like, 
that was like like dramatic in a good way like yeah like a movie like that was that's really cool you guys see me i gotta read that that was yeah, awesome Fuck, that was awesome that's really cool shout out brianna yeah that was awesome well all right well um okay well something that i've learned this week is that it yeah, it's just kind of about, like, grief as well. Like, I don't know, it takes me kind of, like, a long time to, like, grieving takes time. Like, it just, I think I'm still upset about, not I think I know, I'm still upset about things I didn't think I was still thinking about or focusing on. I didn't think I was upset about it anymore. And then I just kind of had a, a bad night a few nights ago where I was like, oh, fuck, like, this is still going on. And that's all right. I just got to kind of take the time to, like, go through those emotions and things and, like, let that happen. But yeah, like it just it just takes time, and that's okay. So yeah. yeah, I guess that's something I haven't really thought of before. Was that like it doesn't need to be like a strict like set or end period right. of grieving. So yeah, cool. Well, cool. Well, Dude, I think we did money on the time. We're yeah, we did. Right about the Less than a minute. So good. Let's go. Um, <laughs> do you want to wrap up or should I wrap up? Or uh, I'll do it. Okay. okay. Yes. <laughs> Okay, well, love you guys. Thank you so much for listening to our episode on grief and transition periods outside of college. Sick. Love you guys. All right. Thanks for listening. <laughs>